everyone. Welcome to another episode. Cotton and I are going to talk movies that inspire our gaming. This is apparently news to Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a bunch of good movies. So I got to figure out how my dinner with Andre will inspire my D and D game. We can, we can get there. We can get there. We'll, we'll figure it out. Hey, you know what? Kudos to you if you can make the connection. Kudos to you. <laughs> My goodness. Extended face scene, you know. <laughs> extended face scene. You know, people are going to come back and backlash at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All That's right. Fine. Let's get into it. Name a movie. All right. So we're only doing our, our top five choices. So just name one of your five choices. Yeah, these are our, our top five. So if you hear yeah. one that you think is great and it's not on my list, rest assured, it was the sixth. You're, and you're <laughs> right. So. There we go. You can't be mad at me now. So All number right, well, one, I do have five honorable mentions. <laughs> no, no, you did not get the, there. There, that's not that's bullshit. No. Choose. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's hear. It. Let's hear your your. Let's name a movie that's on your list. Uh, very accessible, out the gate. Guardians of the Galaxy. Great movie. I'm going to say most people have seen it, and mm-hmm. it is 100 percent a group of people who are specialized. They have roles. They handle various jobs. Either saving the world. They're out to steal money. You can see a little bit of both. It's great. It's it's the perfect combination of, of group dynamics, uh, emotional connections between characters, specialization, cool set pieces, which will be a theme in, in the cotton <laughs> selections, by the way. I love everything about it. Every minute of that is can help a GM in any game and a player in any game. Okay. I think that that is one that most people have have seen and can definitely see the whole like you, they could name the archetypes. What system would you see that if you were to do a, a Guardians of the Galaxy like campaign? I, I think it's the principles of specialization. Any yeah. of them. I mean, if you have a game really? that is a that is a space of uh, like, like a space western, which it kind of cribs on. Mm-hmm. Great. It could be a D and D game. Mm-hmm. These these are characters with archetypes. They react. They're emotionally connective. It is like the, it is the, it is everything that's generic but good about TTRPGs in one connection. Those could be Shadowrunners. They could be a D and D and D style of game. And all you have to do is change the particulars. They could do a heist. They could go to a weird asteroid full of spooky bullshit and go kill it D and D style. They could. I mean, it could be any system. You would just change the particular mission dynamics, but that crew that is on that ship and the way they relate to each other would fit in with like zero, with with, with minimal modification. Okay. So I'll name uh, a movie off of my list: Cube from 1997. It's a foreign film because it's produced in Canada. This is a movie where it starts out where this character has no idea where he is. Just all of a sudden, bam, he's in this cube room. And he is, I don't know if he starts off with other people or finds him, but they have to solve puzzles to move through the cube from one cube to another cube. Not only that, they have no idea who these people are that they're with, why they're there, or anything at all. To me, it's very Cthulhu. I enjoy the the puzzle idea. I enjoy the idea of putting people together. It's it's very much like that first session at a group anyway, where, you know, most likely you're going to have people have to come together and form a group, and that's exactly what this forces them to do. But if you have distrust, it makes sense in this situation. But I do enjoy it. It's, uh, causes a lot of tension, and it is, to me, very Call of Cthulhu because you are put in a very extraordinary situation, and you have no idea why you're there, and you're just trying to survive. I kind of agree with that. I, I looked at Cube. I saw Cube. I saw it cold. I didn't know anything about it. Back when 
Wars were a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw it and got it. And all that is very correct. I think the only reason I didn't put it on my list is I like some of these other movies maybe a little more. And that entire movie is based around puzzles, which are the bane of my existence. <laughs> uh, as a player, I don't know what it is. Like, if I'm a player, I must mm-hmm. lose, like, 40 IQ points in puzzle or, <laughs> or puzzle solving because I can't. And if I present, like, a fifth grade puzzle to my players, it's never going to happen. And mm-hmm. so I just tend not to like puzzles. Yeah, but they're, man, they're really movie. hard. Uh, it is a good movie. I do like the movie, and it is one of those that you just kind of watched on an off chance, like, what the hell is this? So you watch it, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's pretty good. And a common theme in mine is these are going to be older movies and not super mainstream. I kind of went off track a bit. I didn't go for the ones that everybody knows. I went for maybe some more little deeper ones to see. So that's the common the common thread in my selections. Okay, I, I, I respect it. They're, they're specialization. They have the guy who's like solving the cube puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like he's like doing like their, they, each cube has some number thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. he's and, like the he math speak. guy and he gets that. and Yeah, but he can't talk. And then there's another person I think that is like the big bulky strong guy that helps, you know, but they have to end up working together in, in some way. And I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a great idea. And if you're a GM that can really do some good puzzles, this is great just to build. I like your reference to Cthulhu because my understanding of that game is it's brutal and mean, which this movie is. Uh, it's it's is. a brutal and mean movie. There's no, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any actual plot. I mean, they never no. figure out why this is happening to them. They have no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. Some of them end up, end up dead. It's very, very Call of Cthulhu to me. And I, I think it would be great for uh, to, to run it in that system. If you can build really good puzzles as a GM, this is a good, this is a good Cthulhu game. Yeah, I would I would go with that. Cool. That's a good yeah. one. No no objection. So so far awesome. the train is on the track. We're the train good. is on the track. All right, let's hear your next one. Next one is a relatively recent movie. Uh Logan Lucky. Okay. Let's go over mm-hmm. the benefits. One, it's set in the south. That's two points. Okay. <laughs> That's two points. Biased. I am not surprised. Uh I'm, sure. <laughs> I mean I'm of course I'm biased. I'm not gonna yeah, I'm openly biased. This is no mm-hmm. this is no secret. So this is a great heist movie. This is uh, not as generally applicable as a Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know how to make this into a D&D game. But if you're having a heist-style game, mm-hmm. Logan Lucky. It is a – there's a heist. There's a crazy-ass plan with crazy-ass characters who all have various motivations for what they're doing that do admittedly revolve around money. But there is more to it. But there is a crazy idea – they solve all kinds of random random problems uh, pop up. They are able to handle them in cool and creative and fun ways mm-hmm. that are just goofy and loud. And it is just the shadow run that you wish you were in. I promise you. If you watch it, you'll have a great time. And you can take the exact heist from that movie and absolutely make it a shadow run, at least as a setting. Your mm-hmm. players will probably not come up with all of the same solutions as what is up in that film. But just the idea of it, the set, the setup... There, there's always in, in heist movies I've noticed sort of like a chink in the armor, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like uh, you know, like there's an inside man, and I know about the weakness that they have, but they don't see. And if I have a team of people who can help me exploit this weakness, that is the, you know, the domino that will knock over the other ones and allow us to, you know, achieve the goal today. Like, and this has that. Love this movie. So if you're running a heist game, a, check out Logan Lucky. It's a good one. I've watched it. I appreciated it. I. It is a good heist movie. I'll agree. If you have a hard time understanding what the flashback mechanic is in Blades in the Dark, this movie will help you understand that. And any Oceans movie 
Oh, is basically a flashback mechanic in real time. Right, you. I did. I should have brought brought that up. And I was wondering. And you and I both have ragged on the flashback mechanic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that is a. I I fully admit it is not a value judgment. It's a personal. It's just a personal preference. Yes, absolutely. Personal preference, one hundred percent. Yes, this this movie will absolutely allow you to see that. And then if you you can just do that in those games where that is a component, where that is a mechanic, like Blades in the Dark, Mm -hmm. that's how you can do it. You know, in yep. your in your free time while you're getting your ass kicked, think of your post hoc <laughs> way out. Yeah. And yeah. hit the, and deploy it. So yeah, thank you for that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No, you're welcome, sir. You're welcome. Indeed. So I think this this next one is the newest movie on my list. Ready? Two thousand and five. Oh God. <laughs> Three hundred. Ooh, interesting. The movie Three Hundred. Mm. I think this is great if I have like a bunch of high level D and D characters. You know, at that 17 to 20 range, and they're not just like going and fighting, you know, uh, bugbears or gnolls. They're, you know, fighting an army. They are commanding a battlefield. I think that would be a fantastic campaign type thing, like to have them encounter a giant army and have to, you know, overcome this terrible, huge force. But they have an army as well, and they're like super high level, so they could do a ton of stuff to control the battlefield. I think it would be fun and it makes it has that it embodies that whole D and I'm a hero feeling. And I, I, don't I just know. think it would be fun to do a high level. I've done it once high level as Pathfinder. And it was, we went up against an army and it was great because, you know, you're summoning these spells that, you know, can take out legions, you know, it's huge. I think and that would require some mechanical advice. Like, I, okay. Like, like paint me the picture. If you're the mm-hmm. wizard and you've mm-hmm. got, you're not a high level, so we're talking meteor swarm, right? Doesn't that yeah. kind of like end the game? Like, boom, I have meteor swarms. This whole area is, yeah. you know, you're, well, you're Your wrecked. Your meteor swarm is just this area, but you're facing 35,000 enemies. Yeah, but you, Your you meteor swarm's it. only going to do one area. Yeah, but you get to do it every six seconds. Yeah. So that's, that's but pretty good. are you going to be the jerk at the table that's not going to let the other players do their thingies? And they can come in waves, just like in the movie. It comes in waves. And, and each the... wave gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're supposed to win-ish at the end. Did you have a uh, a, a mechanic for soldiers fighting? Did you have, like, okay, you have 5,000 troops. They've got 6,000 troops. Your meteor swarm killed 1,500. They mm-hmm. battle. And you throw, like, 8,000 D-somethings at, a, at the table. And then, like, X die. Or, like, how did you... So, like I said, this this is inspiring it. I was just saying I would like to have a campaign when they're high levels like that, where they go against a massive army. They have to deal with the elephants or the elite guard, just like in 300, the elite guard that come in the night to ambush them, all of these things, you know, and it, they just have to, to deal with it. Now, if they have a high level wizard that's doing that, great, we'll, we'll figure it out. They do have other armies that are going to roll up. We'll figure out a way as a group how we want to manage that. Okay, I, I, I love the style totally of it. Doable, and I think the feel, it's, it, to me, it embodies like everything you want to do in D&D. You want to be the big badass at the table. Yeah, I, I love the yeah. style. I actually thought about adding mm-hmm. Sin City, another Zack Snyder film. Yeah. Like, not mm-hmm. 100% sure that 300 Zack Snyder. Yes, and there you go. And, and because of the style and the characters, I think as mm-hmm. a PC, you can watch Sin City or 300 and suck up that style. And if you want to be a badass fighter or a barbarian or any kind of martial class and you, you know, Celianitis kicked that dude in the well. Hail mm-hmm. to the yeah. I don't see it as a GM as much because I guess 
I don't see it. I don't know. To, to me, and, I, and I'm a mundane player. I like playing humans. To me, that just seems like where it's at. You've got like a bunch of soldiers facing mm-hmm. off with a bunch of soldiers. And I struggle with that as, as a GM, mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm. because there's lots of issues where you've got a team of five people, badass though they may be. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just like call the cops? Like, you know, why don't you? And well, in your in your scenario, you've opened it up that you know, or the cops or the army. Yeah. So I feel like it dilutes the players. If you have a way to handle that, do not do that. Not get bogged down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could pull it off, but if you feel like you could, then fair enough. You know, yeah. army on army, epic battle. And God, it's Zack Snyder style, y'all. I mean, you, you, you should, if you don't know what it is, check it out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think most people in gaming have seen 300. If you haven't, please, please do. Gerard Butler, if you, if it, you know, you got a girlfriend she's like, I don't want to watch 300, just tell her half naked men. Well, just keep in have mind, a- you have GMs who were 16, which means they were born yeah. when this movie wasn't made yet. So <laughs> there may be a reason oh, they haven't seen it. Super depressing. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, Name I'm your next sorry. movie, young man. <laughs> I mean, I also find it depressing. Don't worry. You know, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> well, you're not gonna like the rest of the list then. Okay, here it's, we go. It's, it's, <laughs> Nineteen dickety twos. A walk. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I went. Right, like never... I said, I went for the deep tracks. Uh, you. Well, I mean. I agree. They are. They are. They. They are a bit of. I won't say obscure, but they're mm-hmm. deep. They're. You have to go back a little bit. You know. These yeah. are all. All of yours are. You. You can get the Jupiter VHS collection right now if you go to <laughs> oh my Patreon support. We'll send you the. I'm VHS sure you can collection. find them on Laserdisc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> people. Yeah, but you know why people laugh? Because that's not a real thing. To them. It was. <laughs> it was a laser a real disc. Thing. A What's laser that? Disc. The the electron tube. <laughs> Think of a DVD, the size of a of a album, but more like a floppy disk. What's an album? Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Why would you? Stop I'm it. sorry. Stop it! I'm not going to sit here and endure cauliflower. I like how you compare a laser disc to something from no. 1973. I'm saying the safety word. <laughs> yeah, the safety word is cauliflower that I've ambled on. <laughs> All right, this next one, next film, is The Thing. And this is great, Ooh. and I 100% stole this from the greatest Shadowrun game that ever got run. And there's an MP3 recording of it. It's the only actual live play that I've ever listened to in its entirety, and it was 100% based on The Thing, whether the guy knew it or not. And it was wonderful, and the team died. And it was Are great. we talking about the, the newer one with Kurt Russell? Yeah, that, that's a newer the, one. Which there's is an the old, older one. That's a remake. I think there's an older one. I'm not sure though. But I'm yes, talking about the Kurt one from Russell. like 1980 something, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, it's that's so one. good. So yes. good. It is that's so good. good and it could 100% be a, a Shadowrun mission, which it was, or mm-hmm. a D&D style mission. And the issue here is not that the bad guy is absurdly powerful. I mean, kind of in relation to our relatively mm-hmm. mundane. Here, characters in this in this movie, but that doesn't really matter. The issue is that they're completely isolated in the middle of nowhere. It's like Arctic terrain, mm-hmm. and they are dealing with an alien creature that kills and does so stealthily-ish and can impersonate other people flawlessly. So, the, and, and all you have to do, and, and this is the same mechanic that backed up the movie, that backs up the, the game Among Us, and it backed up that Shadowrun game that I'm referencing, and then you have to have necessary reasons to split the party. 
so they can't all be around each other because if they could our our poor little bad guy our poor little bad alien monster critter majigger ghost thing whatever the hell it is would lose it can't yeah. beat all of them uh, and if it's exposed it, it needs that stealth but there are things happening so in that shadow run game that i'm referencing they had to go to some arctic base find out what the hell happened why did it go dark why is it like there were some problems from the people mm-hmm. who owned it and then it went cold dark mm-hmm. and you're the team sent to figure out what the hell happened so they showed up and they had to get things running or they would die of exposure like there was various systems like mm-hmm. the generator and there's like a water pump and i'm probably butchering some things but there were various pieces of infrastructure that all had to be operating so the players had to keep them running and had to be in different places at different times and this allowed our bad people our little bad guys to take advantage kill one by one and impersonate the characters which was brutal and awesome and by the time they figured it out they were already down you know they, they had been losing and didn't know it and when they realized it they were horrified and knew that they were in trouble it's kind of like that that feeling you get when you get if you've ever been like pulled out into a riptide you're mm-hmm. fine you're fine I am in danger, and I don't know what to do right now, and I can't get back to that area where I thought was safe instantly, and I now have to figure something out. That is what you can do with isolation and distance, uh, conditions that lead to exposure, Arctic conditions, desert, whatever, and put that pressure on your players where they are truly, truly, and utterly alone and have to figure out this puzzle of staying together, being apart, who's good, who's bad. In the movie, there was a mechanic by which you could tell but it, it came along later, and it was, you know, uh, it came to effect. There was a way to do it. You can have that mechanic in some way. I think this was a blood test. But think think about that in your game, any kind of game. Bring in the elements. Bring in the exposure. You know, the, the big the big threat there was not just the alien. It was the uh, lethal conditions. You know, mm-hmm. so great movie. Check it out. Get inspired. I loved it. So on that one. Um... It is an excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. I'm a little upset that you did not also shout out that it would be a great Call of Cthulhu system game. It's great for anything. And we already have, um, you, know, you think everything. It <laughs> is very much a, uh, if the party decides to stay together, yeah, it's not going to work well. So you do have to have those other ticking time bombs, issues, pressure points to kind of get them to do that. Like, you know, Maybe they don't really know the bad, there's a bad guy, bad presence with them yet. Other malfunctions are happening. And yes, the out, they can't just run outside, it's freezing. And, and so you have to have those, those pressure points to start poking on your players, on your table, before you introduce the big bad. And yeah, when they, when they separate and your, your big bad guy kills somebody, which is going to happen, which is why I say it's better for Call of Cthulhu. Because character death in Call of Cthulhu is more accepted. People, like, those are usually, to me, those are usually one-shots, and people are going to die. Shadowrun, those characters, they they love their characters. They're ongoing characters. They don't want them to just randomly be killed. So that's what I find in systems. I Um, I would agree with that. And I would say maybe if you want to run that game where you don't have such disposable player characters, Mm -hmm, you would have some mm -hmm. system by which they could be reclaimed. I think in the Shadowrun game, they were were like possessing ghosts. And so you could be possessed, but you could also be unpossessed. There was a way to fix it if you just don't die. Yeah. But but that's a minor thing. I do want to bring up one extra thing about that, Um, Mm -hmm. like a mechanical thing. I played a game called uh, Tabletop, or a, a board game. 
Betrayal on House at Haunted Hill. And one of the conclusions of that game, of which there are many, was a very similar end game. You're infected and you can become evil. And the mechanic was, it, it was explained to you that this is how the mechanic works. As w when you as players figure out that's what's happening. And there are cards that are passed around. So there is a way to communicate with the players. And you can incorporate this into your tabletop game. Whereby which you communicate with every, you know, you give everyone a note, and some just might say you're fine, nothing's happened. But if you get the, you know, you get the the note that says you're now evil, they need to have been sort of like pre-told, and you can have, you can you can meet with them all separately, and you can just bring them in a different room as the GM and say, hey, hi Bob, good to meet you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> this meeting is just to. It was, say I have a meeting so that you guys can't figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then the third person you meet with, you know, Emily, hey, Emily, you got some bad news and some good news. Bad news is your brain's infected by an evil alien bug. So that's bad. Good news is you get to kill your player. So here's what you have access to. Here's how you're changed. Here's what your perspective is now. And here's mm -hmm. what you're attempting to do. But keep playing your character as a pretend thing. Then everyone sits back down. Everyone knows something is up. No one knows who the, the, the bad person is. And then every few minutes, you can have another one of these meetings as players fall mm -hmm. or just to screw with them. Who knows? Yeah. So there, that's my mechanic on how to, like, bring that in and, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. No, that's good. And actually, the Aliens tabletop RPG system actually has something similar where, you know, in the first act, you're given your agenda based on what character you've chosen. In the second act, here's your new agenda. And then here's Ooh. your final agenda. And so you have to alternate how you're playing based on your agenda, which you're the only one that knows what it is. What is that from? Aliens. The Like the TTRPG or the board yeah, game? Yeah, the TTRPG. That sounds like an awesome mechanic. I love that. Yeah. That sounds great. Like, like, so the third one, it's like, by the way, you're evil the whole time. Blow the ship up. Is that is that kind of like one of the things yeah, that can happen? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you've heard of this podcast called Without a Net that every Halloween or the past couple of Halloweens, they've done the alien system as a miniseries where they explore and they explain this mechanic and, and you can kind of see what happens. I, I highly suggest you, you know, go online, look up Without a Net podcast. I'm not aware of it, but it sounds like the kind of thing that's run and populated by people who are attractive and smell nice. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right. My next movie. Here we go. 1992 is the year this movie came out. Sneakers. Robert Redford, River Phoenix, Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, and other people. Ben Kingsley's in it. It is a heist movie where the people who are hired to do the job do the job, but then find out that the, the J betrayed them. There was a double cross. It is... Fantastic. If you have never seen this movie, I suggest you find it. It is on HBO Max streaming right now. Fantastic movie. Great heist. And even I watched it just, just a few days ago because I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, this movie, I have to watch it again. It holds up. From 1992 to now, it holds up. Even the computer parts hold up to now. Really? I, I am aware yeah. that that is a movie, but mm -hmm. I've never seen it and I've heard about it. It's banged around. Okay, so so it holds up. And this one I haven't seen. I've seen the other ones. So how do I mm -hmm. take this and like what are some specifics you're looking at that are, that are kind of informing your perspective? So like so watching this. So to me, it's not so much as as uh, for the from the GM perspective. This is from the player perspective on how to think about the job. Also, it's archetype because everybody in that movie, you can tell who's the face. You can tell 
who's the rigger. You can tell who's the hack. And and it's you and knowledges. Like they're different knowledges and negative qualities. Like if this is just Shadowrun, just without the future, dystopian future. This is Shadowrun. And it's really good about thinking about how to do a heist and overcoming the problems that arise. What can you do? It's using contacts. It's it's just you just sit here and you're just like, it's a shadow run, just not set in the future. So it's a shadow run, not set in the future. Cool. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely sneakers. highly recommend sneakers. And the fantastic River Phoenix who died way too young. Yes. Harkers out River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But this was in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. And Okay. It was, I, I think I was getting a little bit confused for half a second with Hackers. Yeah, I kind of was. Which I saw Hackers, but I never saw Sneakers. I, no, 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 no. Don't want to go. Hackers, so a lot of movies, like Hackers, and uh, there's some of, the, like The Matrix even, when they try to show us what hacking is like, it's just, they don't do it well. Sneakers kind of did it the best for the time. They no, kind of showed you well. what encryption was, and what could you know how it could work it it they it just seemed more believable and not as hokey okay but, but they, they have a good hacking scene and, and, it, and it feels good right mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah yeah, sure. yeah. Fair enough. they have to deal with uh motion sensors and they they like they they buy the model of the motion sensor they start running tests on how to overcome the motion detector they know that if they heat the room up to 98.6 to match the body temperature of the person it, it will cut down on the motion sensors sensitivity to detect motion also you have to move at no more than two inches per second or See, per that, minute or something like are, that so they practice it they set them up and they have the guy practice it they said the other option is to put you in this suit but it would suffocate you because you wouldn't be able to breathe in it so we're going to go with this option over here like they they find how to overcome the, the security issues that they'll have See, I, I think that that's cool. I don't know mm-hmm. if players would figure all that out because it's very technical, but those technical things can be used as a GM to kind of give them some exposition and to impose restrictions on the run. You know, well, like that's you, why I'm okay. saying as a player, it teaches you. You watch it and you go, so these are things I could do. And it gives you some ideas on how to think about doing a job and how to overcome the issues that come up. That's why it helps you to think outside of the box because these okay. people thought outside of the box. Cool. I was thinking yeah. from a more GM perspective, but you're thinking from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. It. I think I think that's player. cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. do get that. It, it is hard. It, it, it's it is hard to think outside the box, and it can be hard to think outside the box if the mm-hmm. longer you play the game, uh, or or if you're a little just just not used to it. So that's that's cool. So you have a movie where it's like there are these problems, and they're literally hacking the problems by like coming up with solutions which are not obvious, as opposed to you know blow open door with bomb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because they can't do that. They don't. They can't do that because then it's gonna alert the big bad. So they don't want to do that. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that that will lead me to my next movie. Uh-huh. Uh That is about blowing open the door with a bomb, and that is <laughs> Furious Seven. Yes. Go yeah, see it. Seven. Fast and Furious Seven. No. Listen. Yes. Fast oh, and Furious. Oh, I object. You object to Furious Seven. You put a Fast and Furious movie on your list? Yes, I did. All right, go ahead and explain yourself. It's one, you have a team of people. Two, it's cool. All the set pieces are baller as fuck. You've got high top, you have uh, towers. You've got like crazy amounts of like money and clubs and sexy people and cars and gear. Just watch the trailer. It's just a trailer, the opening few minutes of the movie. 
They do a heist on this crazy armored bus. Why is this, why does the bus have like six miniguns? Because it's cool, that's why. And they, they jump out of a plane and cars with parachutes land on the road, come up behind it, shoot these grappling hook things through the back of the bus in bulletproof cars that are taking minigun fire, rip the back of the bus off. A guy gets on and this is the plan, by the way. Gets on top of the car, jumps in, and starts beating the shit out of uh, all the guys. Paul Walker is, is whipping ass on these guys who just got stunned by like an explosion or like some stun bomb that went inside the back of this bus. They're kicking ass, and they get this chick, and we're like, well, who is she? Well, she's the MacGuffin, goddammit. And they get her, and then the car goes over the edge of the cliff, and later on, there's a, there's a tower. You run a car through it. There's explosions, and there's fight scenes. Pink Mohawk, baby. Furious 7. It's awesome. It's got... It's got money and, and style, and it's sexy, and it's cool, and it's wonderful. It's America. It's, that's my sale. How do we feel? We feel better? <laughs> it is so pink mohawk. It is the that's pinkest great. of mohawks. It is the hot pinkest of mohawks. I mean, sometimes you want a whiskey on the rocks, and sometimes you want the cotton candy apple teeny. This is that one. I never want the cotton candy well, appetini. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's delicious and it's sweet and it's very, very good. And that's what this movie is. This movie is not going to make you think. It's not going to make you wonder <laughs> no, it isn't. about life. Or how, how do I think outside the box? How about you blow that fucking box up? This is America. There you go. And we got bombs and shit. And I don't have to legal. think outside the box. <laughs> I just remove the fucking box. All You're right. Goddamn right. <laughs> Pink Mohawk. If you like, if you want to run a Pink Mohawk game or be a Pink Mohawk character, watch Furious Seven, and that's it. You just just mainline it directly into your arteries, and you'll be good to go. Just make sure everybody else at that table is also okay with being that Pink Mohawk. That's right. Or you can just ask if they're a nerd. If they say yes, because <laughs> if everybody them, else is doing, you know, black trench coat, and you're over here just blowing things up, then you're not gonna work out. But it is fun. I do get the idea of, of doing that. I, I, I get the, I, the attractiveness of being in a game where you are not worried about consequences and you're just blowing shit up and being cool and you have the neat gadgets and you're throwing your money around. I, I get it. I see the appeal. They do have cool gadgets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't, you know it's, and it's not just a heist team. It's a family. That's what, that's what Vin Diesel says. I'm going to throw up. Okay. Can I just do my next one now? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Again, going way back in time, everyone, before you were born. Uh, 1999's The 13th Warrior. Your silence tells me you are not aware of this movie. Yeah, The 13th Warrior. Antonio Banderas is a Persian poet who gets exiled and is sent up to the up like to western europe with a a dip as a diplomat with the diplomat or whatever ends up becoming part of this like scandinavian group doesn't know the language is ends up because some witch said this you're you're the 13th warrior you have to go with them to defeat the evilness that's uh come to the land he's like what like no you have to go he's like well they're gonna kill me if i don't so he goes on the on the travel over there, he learns their language. He gets there, and everybody assumes this is some kind of supernatural force. And he is the only one because he's not lived in it and had these you know same folklore stories he's heard all his life. He's the only one that that identifies the problem is not supernatural, but merely man-made, and we can overcome it. There's you know it's the uh, it's a group thing. It's the one oddball in the group, but it's a group thing, and it's 
fighting and it's investigation and it's diplomacy and it's, you know, getting the, the village, you know, defenses set up for when this supernatural quote, quote, being comes. It's, it's just a really, it's a really good adventure story. Okay. I believe I, if, this is one of those things like, have you ever had someone tell you something that sounded crazy, but because it was so crazy, mm-hmm. like maybe it would work. Cause otherwise they wouldn't say something. It's like, if, mm-hmm. if someone told me, you know, uh, cotton, you can, you can run your car off acetone. It, it just sounds crazy, but maybe like okay. maybe, Antonio Benedettis, noted Antonio Persian, is a is an exiled. Okay, you know, well, like he, he John Wayne, after, uh, Genghis Sultan. Khan. Yeah, no, he went after a, a Sultan's wife or something, and it was like get out of town or die. Uh, but it's based off of a Michael Crichton novel. Who Michael Crichton writes some good stuff. Part. He wrote some yeah. good stuff. So it's really it's a really good adventure story, and I think uh, it's it's just. There's a fight scene that is fantastic where the smallest guy in the group, like they're having a hard time getting the the village, the people of the village, the the higher ups to accept their help. So there's especially one group, small group that is really being resistant. So they're like, all right, we're going to have to fix this. We're going to let them know who's the boss. Well, how are we going to do that? The smallest guy in the group says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He goes and challenges the biggest guy, like way bigger than him. And they, he's like, all right, we're going to duel. Let's go to the death. And this big guy's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to destroy this little guy. They're like, this is an easy win. We're going to show these newcomers. The little guy loses. They get three shields. So I guess like three rounds. He loses the first two shields. Just, he puts up a good fight, but he loses them. And Antonio Banderas' character starts to panic. Like, we have to stop this. He's going to die. This is not good. And the leader of his group is like, don't worry about it. It's under control. The guy picks up his last shield. He walks right out into the ring, does a sidestep, moves the sword, chops the guy's head off, just like that. And the, everyone's stunned. And Antonio Banderas looks at the head, his head guy, and that guy is like, see? He's like, so he could have won at any time. Yes. But we needed to make a point. And this is now they know that they can't assume they know us, you know. So the point is, if uh, if you're a player and uh, the town's getting a bit mouthy, kill the biggest NPC. Just kill his ass. They'll yeah. they'll send a message. Saves you a lot of time, and you can it save on post. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. Definitely watch it. I don't know where it's streaming, but it is streaming somewhere. I want to say maybe HBO. I I need to see it. I need to yes, see it. I'm just. I, I will admit. To the and I, this is a this is a flaw. I will take this on. I understand. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't think when I hear Antonio Banderas is an exiled poet. This is peak fucking nineteen ninety whatever. But it feels like it is, and I just got a little hung up on that. Antonio Banderas is an exiled well, I mean, Persian poet. I it's, mean, it's no sounds... Paul Walker and Fast and the Furious Seven. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not that, that caliber of movie. Well, <laughs> but maybe you can lower your standards a bit and tune in. It would. You know, Paul Walker is Jin Tao, noted. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing me. All right, go on. All right, last one. Getting angrier one. as we go. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is your last and one? And I'm having more fun. It's great. Yeah, it's a wonderful. There's a chart of like happy. Cotton and Jupiter happiness <laughs> that continues in the podcast. <laughs> they directly oppose one way or the other. <laughs> that says a lot. Uh, the the last one is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is a wonderful movie. And it is, I have not seen that one. It is great. Oh. It is the one movie I chose without mm-hmm. 
like really strange group of people. Really, it's just two. And it's, it's but the reason I picked it is it's a great modern noir film. You don't have to go back to like 1950s. You don't have to deal with lots of that machine gun talk type of uh, you know weird lingo that you only hear in like noir films or when you're trying to order an omelet at Waffle House. You know it's you know it was chopped and screwed, huh, Missy? And then you know she did the fix on the west side. Like you don't know what the fuck they're trying to communicate. Modern noir. So th- this movie and many noirs have complicated plots. Lots of characters who have different motivations, some of which are evil, some of which are just mainly selfish. You've got different antagonists sort of uh, playing off each other. Our heroes are often in the dark, or our main character, protagonist, whatever. That's a cool sensation I wish was explored more, because noir is not a very vibrant genre anymore. It's rarely deployed. But the movie has a complicated plot with kidnappings and missing people and mistaken identities and murderous underlings. and like the, It takes forever to figure out who is bad, who is good, who is this person. You kind of need to watch it twice. And so if you want to run a game, and I would say this is more for GMs. I would, I would admit this does not give PCs much except to prepare for a noir run. Your GM may want to run with you involved as a GM. If you want to have that type of plot in world that's a little bigger than the characters which is a theme in Shadowrun and I believe also Cthulhu where there's, there's a, where the characters are there and they may be more important than your average person but they're not particularly important compared to the giant machinations of a larger world that's what noir can give you. In, in most noir stories there is a large set of powers that may be fighting each other or they might be or just it might be one big evil thing doing something and usually the focus of the story are relatively small, have no idea what they're getting into. Usually it's for a small thing A that leads to a bigger thing B. In this case, it's just like, oh, it's a small job. We're going to be watching this person, and holy crap, there's a car being driven off into the lake. And there's a dead body in the trunk. It kind of like sucks people in, and they unravel this thread until they get real close to the uh, you know, the, the, the big bad. That can be an interesting way to run a D&D game with a larger big bad with plots that sort of like snowball up. Uh, or a Shadowrun-style heist game, or even a Cthulhu game, if you have some type of lower-level something, or a, a machination on top of another one. A noir can kind of get your brain in that space. So check it out. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, yeah, noirs are, are tough ones. And so as a GM, and I'm not going to knock this, but as a GM, I know if I put too many layers of, like, you don't know who to trust, and you don't... I find the players make bad assumptions and kill the wrong people and it can lead to bigger problems <laughs> so i would be very careful with you know layering a lot of intrigue within a if there's too many moving parts believe me your players will break it there's a reason i put it last i will admit yeah. that it is it is a reason I, i'm not saying lead out the gate with mm-hmm. it i mm-hmm. do like stories that end mm-hmm. in this kind of weird wry moment or even when ones unlike this one which they do figure out what's happening. I mean, at the end of the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, all things are revealed. But there are movies like, um, what was that Brad Pitt one with, with John Malkovich? Where Brad Pitt's like the 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 Jim the Jim Rat guy. Oh well. My brain just went blank. You'll figure it out and then shout yep. it out. But the there yeah. There's John Malkovich and Brad Pitt and it's kind of this weird like CIA there there's a there's a CIA character played uh by whoever is uh J. Jonah Jameson in the early Spider Man movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And who's the voice of the guy in Pearl 2. Anyway, sorry. They, who uh, they didn't talk about, the, talk about this movie. That 
uh, he is the, a, a head like CIA guy, and at the end they're reading all these files about the plot that's happened. And the plot's complicated, and the viewers have a, have a global understanding of what's happening. The characters yeah. very much don't. And then the CIA guy at the end who's wrapping all this up is like, what did we learn? Nothing. Well, we shouldn't do it again. Okay. I kind of like how, how that wraps up, how there was all these things happening, and people mm -hmm. ended up being killed for totally weird and wrong reasons. Like Brad Pitt's character gets killed. Sorry, spoilers. Mm -hmm. uh, for a weird reason that makes no sense. There's all these things happening because of mistaken uh, assumptions. Same thing. The same thing happens in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, mm -hmm. which is a, a another hilarious movie where things are only happening because people are ignorant. So that can be fun. But difficult, I admit. Yeah, I admit. It is. So. It is. It is. My last one, 2004, Alien versus Predator. Yes. All right, fair enough. I, I don't know what to say. Right, say no more. <laughs> it is Call of yeah. Cthulhu. You have people going to investigate an object. This, In this case, it was a uh, pyramid where three of the sides, one was South American, one was uh, Asian, and one was Egyptian. So you had experts coming in. Uh, burn after reading that was the movie with uh yes yeah, I thought, I, it, it. Burn, okay. burn after reading yeah sorry good so people have to go in with their you know they're specialized in something while they're that you know everybody specializes something they go into this uh, pyramid to investigate it and they end up coming face to face with a hunting scenario between a predator and the alien fantastic like it it it, it just fits for call of cthulhu so well because you have people who are specialized in something going in and they're put in thinking it's just this one thing. And then they're confronted with this extraordinary thing. And it's, you know, we have to choose a side. Are you on the alien side or the predator side? And how are you going to get out of this meth? Because maybe you don't even want to choose a side, just one out. But it's got the pyramid with moving walls after so much time passes. Like, it's just great. The map is always changing. You have no idea what's going on. You you know, they tunneled, you know, 3,000 feet down below the ice. How are they going to get out? Can they even get out? Like, it's just has all the elements of a good, like, dungeon crawl, with, but with horror. And I just, I just think it's a great, it would be a great thing to run as a one shot. Yeah. No, 100%. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's good. Go see the movie. Be inspired. I, I could run that game in, in multiple different ways um uh, mm -hmm. i like the idea of two big things fighting off against each other and players mm -hmm. having to pick a side godzilla yep. king kong alien versus predator freddy versus jason it's great it's a cool mechanic uh the, the moving walls they is a it's very it's a very done mechanic but it's great mm -hmm. it's a good it's 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 been done it was done in that it was done in uh what 13 ghost but still it's a, it's a great mechanic so feel free to copy it. there's a reason it's been around in so many stories and and yes, yeah. Psychotron says he's not a fan. He's just not a fan of the movie, but he does see my point. Not many people are a fan of the movie. They do think it was a little hokey and not great. Not as good as the, you know, Alien franchise by itself, which I understand. Alien and Aliens are great, but AVP has just been my, like, number one guilty pleasure movie. I just love it because every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this would be so great to run. Love it. I get it. I mean, I don't think any of us are saying it's a particularly, you know, it's it's a film that will be her, yeah, you know, heralded in film They're not going to win Oscars, no. But it, yeah. it's not. Well, I mean, that's it's fun. That's like saying I'm not going to win. You know, I'm not going to be on the Fortune 500. True, but very, very true. Aggressively true. <laughs> <laughs> Just hurtful to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go pro this year either. Uh, you know, my my, <laughs> my jump shot's not going to carry me. But uh, but as a as a cool 
mission idea, you also have the fact you're, you're, you're lure, you can use it as a lure. So, you know, there's some bad thing. It could be literally anything that's terrifying some town. And let's say mm-hmm. it's a remote town, frontier town. There's some evil, you know, bad person or creature or monster or force, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. But you've got one play, and that is it's it will come out for this one thing. Maybe the, the town sacrifice. Uh, or which would be a really cool noir plot line, by the way, if the town hid it from you, while also wanting you to kill the thing. But I digress. If uh, you know it's going to fight something, or it's going to be somewhere for some reason that you can plan, and there's a narrow window where a small group of people can go handle it. That's a great way to like make any type of game fit that plot. That's a D and D mission. That's a Shadowrun mission. That's a Cthulhu mission. Uh, there you go. You have a you know narrow window, small group of people, two big things fighting it off. Mm-hmm. You have to go kill either one in particular, maybe both if you're lucky. There you go. That's that's yeah. that's written. Growing up, my father loved movies. Loved going to movies. He would rent movies. He would buy movies. We would go to the theater every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend. He loved movies. So I grew up watching movies. I love movies. So I was excited for this one because this is great. But as I did it, There are just so many good movies that could be used. So, as I said, I made my list five, but I need to do my honorable mentions. We won't have to discuss them. I just would like people to know. But before I do that, Psychotron is listening, and I asked him to tell me what his list was. His list is Alien, Ronin, Heat, Sneakers, And Disturbia. Now, Disturbia is the one I find very interesting. And this was an issue I had a lot in trying to make my list. Disturbia seems to be more like one person focused. I think he does recruit two others, but it seems to focus on that one person. And there were a lot of movies that would be like a solo run movie. Like if it was just one person at your table and you could take this take them through something as a solo run there are movies that can actually help inspire that storytelling too if you have just one person that's willing to let you gm for them yeah that that's why he didn't make it for me he didn't have a specialized team you have mm-hmm. a bunch of people with guns and they're all relatively intelligent it's not like one's a sniper or one's a demo guy mm-hmm. but i like the list great movies and heat is Probably was one of my honorable mentions, if not for that lack of specialization. But that's also what kind of got it for me, I think, like you. You want to see a team of people yeah. who are doing the thing. I have to think about a group, but there are so many movies that would be good if you're just like, hey, it's just me and my buddy. He wants, I'm going to run something for him. There's a lot of great solo things. And, and uh, so Zakara also mentioned two movies, Legend and Willow. Now, Willow almost made my list. Not my list, my list of five, but it almost landed on the honorable mentions list. And it's a really good, it's, it, it's a good story, but to me, that's very close to just a solo run. It does focus on that main character and the baby. And yeah, there's Val Kilmer in it, but it's really just focusing on that one. I mean, Val Kilmer could easily be an NPC that a, a GM could run for him. Willow, I saw that. Yeah. My wife Robin had me watch Willow. Willow. <laughs> it's a fun, it's a fun D and D esque adventure. Willow, man, that is mm-hmm. that is a movie. So, uh, <laughs> honorable mentions: I had uh, Cabin in the Woods. 
This is a horror Ooh. flick that goes through that. all the horror tropes. It is a fantastic Call of Cthulhu-esque run where these teenagers are in a cabin in the woods and they end up in the cellar and there's all these weird props, like all these weird little things, little tchotchkes and knickknacks everywhere. Well, it turns out each one of those things, if used a certain way, summons something. And I'm not going to ruin the twist if you haven't seen it, but it's fantastic. It's so good. It's so Call of Cthulhu. Uh, so definitely recommend. Um, Armageddon. Okay. I know. I yeah, know. Actually, I get it's it. It's weird. I get it. But it's specialized. It's a specialized group that has to go and do something. It's a, like a, you know, it can it, it can be shadow runny. Yeah. But it's a specialized group that has to go and overcome the issue. So it is, it's, it's kind of, you know, like I said, honorable mention, but I was it's like, hard no to role play against yeah. an asteroid. It is hard to role play against, but you have to role play against the other characters. And then, you know, the NPCs, cause there's a lot of NPCs you're dealing with NASA. Yeah. This guy forbid your entire team be well-adjusted people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, we did we it. Y'all by the table. We know it's not. Um, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, escape from New York. Yeah. Snake Pliskin. That one, it didn't make my list list because that to me is a solo run. That is one man going in, encountering a bunch of NPCs to get the politician out of New York, which has been turned into a prison for those of you that don't know. That is a that could be a good shadow run, frankly. I, I or maybe a D and D style thing, probably more shadow running. But I, I like it's it. You just can't running. have one guy. Just the mission itself is great. Yeah. I mean, he did it on his own. Yeah, but... The, but he it, ran into gangs, <laughs> and yeah. So it's it's you can do it as a group as well, but you can also run it as a solo. But it's a great it's a great story. You know, the island of Manhattan's now become a prison. They just put the people there, let them do whatever the hell they want. As long as they don't leave the island, we're fine. So you have these little gangs that kind of create their little territories, and they have little infighting and whatnot. But a politician's uh, helicopter or something goes down, lands in, in Manhattan. We have to get the politician out. We got to send somebody in. We send in Snake Plissken. Great name, by the way. This is a Kurt Russell movie. And Kurt Russell, National Treasure. Yeah. Frankly. It, he was and in Furious 7, yeah. right? Oh, God. So he's in, he was in The Thing. He's in Furious 7. He's in several of these movies. So you got to have, I think, I think Kurt Russell's officially in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So he's in that he one. Is. He's so. everywhere. He's everywhere. I have some honorable mentions if, if you want me to get up real quick. More. Oh, sorry. I miscounted. I apologize. Please, please continue. <laughs> Goonies. Okay. I feel, I feel like if I were to hypothetically not like Goonies, it would not go well for me because apparently that movie is on par with like <laughs> Citizen Kane. Again, it's to me, it's Call of Cthulhu. Most of my stuff, I think Call of Cthulhu. It's very, it's it's just a group of ordinary people. They find this treasure map and they go on this adventure to go find pirate's treasure. It's just a fun, lighthearted thing. Now, if I had like a group of kids that wanted to try gaming. This is a great PG-esque way of introducing them to Call of Cthulhu or D&D even to get them to do an adventure. It's very PG. It's not hyper-violent or anything like that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's good. It's, I think it's a good, fun, lighthearted introductory session if you have young people because a lot of stuff is just a little too 
rated R. This is a good like PG I, scenario. Maybe I just had a bad day when I saw Goonies, or maybe it's just evidence of how lead-based paint. Or maybe was you just have while. no joy in your heart. I, I don't know, man. They, 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 the Goonies was popular. Lead-based, like leaded gasoline wow. was just being phased out. Oh that gosh. was the connection. And then my last one, the Warriors. Yeah. Now, Okay. This one is a a gang, a New York gang, has to get back to Coney Island. They have to get through New York, but they've been framed for the killing of a head gang leader. This movie is not going to win an Oscar. It is not fantabulous. It does not hold up well over time. It's a very old movie and did not hold up. But, but if you want inspiration for Shadowrun gangs, this movie will help you. The different they encounter so many different gangs that have different ways of dressing, just different ways of presenting who they are as a gang, that it will help inspire you to come up with gangs for your Shadowrun. And that's what I think the one benefit of The Warriors is. It will help inspire gangs, but it, it's a good like chase movie where they have to just, they just have to get to home base, but they got to do it the right way. And they're going to encounter opposing forces, which in this case are other gangs who are after them uh, or they have to figure out a way to clear their name. Very difficult. It, but it, it's good. It's good in that sense. But it is not a great movie. It does not hold up well over time. So please don't judge me if you watch it. But it is kind of neat. I think but, you actually it's a little underrated because um, eh. for the for the purpose of, of what we're talking about because cyberpunk and the and Shadowrun that comes from it all came from the eighties mm-hmm. when cities were apparently crappy. And that came up in yes. the early 90s when that was kind of still true a little bit. But you go back <laughs> and you watch movies like RoboCop or yeah. The Terminator or any of these movies, uh, they're hellholes. Like New York mm-hmm. is in Chicago, whatever city it is. It's not like it is now. Like Times Square back in the day was not a oh. cool, trendy place. It, it was like owned by Disney. No. sex bars <laughs> and yeah. porno shops mm-hmm. and, and, and just, just drugs everywhere. I think at one point, like a, a fairly high percentage of New York was actually burned to the ground as insurance scams. Like it was a, it was rougher. And all these movies portray this because everything is is like black and dark. The lights mm-hmm. are all knocked out. There's always a trash blowing in the wind mm-hmm. and a bunch of punks with like mohawks and denim jackets because like that was kind of like how it was. And they projected that into the future. They didn't know that cities would become meccas of money and would get like cleaned up and shit. So. Mm-hmm. You can get that vibe from those movies where it was and where they thought it was going. Notice how New York was a hellscape with gang leaders and a hellscape with gang leaders in two different movies on Jupiter's mm-hmm. list. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 hard to see New York now and get to that brain space if you don't have evidence of New York in like nineteen seventy to like nineteen eighty eight. Seventies and eighties, it was high crime, sex shop, porno porno theaters everywhere it wasn't until early 90s when Koch started to clean it up and change it and now it's much better but yeah back in the day it was horrible Detroit same thing Chicago same thing they were just terrible and then they they just had this revitalization but yeah the movies in the 80s did depict the what what are you know what the world was like at that time and it was pretty shitty yeah, and even their future, they're like they go in the future. It's super shitty, and you're thinking, well, they're just yeah. being shitty. No, it was they just took bad and made it slightly worse because that's like they how things were going. Extrapolated, yeah. They just <laughs> figure, well, if it's this way now and nothing changes, it's going to be this in the future. Absolutely, Which is fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I have a few runners up. I'd like okay. to to fit in there. So one is the Lady Killers, part of which was filmed here in Natchez, Mississippi. 
it's very similar to Logan Lucky, which is why I couldn't put it in there. Southern heist movie, crazy characters, cool heist plan, uh, some fun set pieces. And I just felt Logan Lucky was a little bit better of mm-hmm. an inspirational piece. I love both movies. I love the characters in Lady Killers. Uh, the, the remake with Tom Hanks. Uh, although the original is fine, the remake is, is quite good and can really give you some good character ideas, I think, and, and some okay heist ones. So that, that's in there. Judge Dredd, or, or just Dread, just the movie Dread. Pink Mohawk. I think Furious Seven is a little bit more generally applicable, so I couldn't put Dread in there. But still, if you have Dread as a, as a Shadow Run, hell yeah, make make it do the thing. Go take. So team. the Carl Urban Dread, not the Stallone Judge Dread. Yeah, sorry. Yes, the, okay. the Carl just Urban. Just so we know because there Dredd, are two. Which is called, it's just yeah. Dread. It's Carl Urban who is fantastic. A way better Dread than Stallone was. God, I mean, I hate that you're right, but you are. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't no. like it though. Does that make sense? Carl, like, Carl Urban did a better job, and yeah, the setting was. I mean, both of them had the same setting. They extrapolated to the future and said cities will become mega cities, and it's just going to be dense population and a shithole. And both movies portrayed that it, it's a shithole. But Dread said this shithole is a high rise of 180 floors and. We can't, we can't, can't be everywhere at once. So crime happens, and this gang syndicate takes over the whole building, and you know he's trapped in it. So it's, it's a really good. But again, that's more of a solo. I mean, yes, he has the one cop with him. Yeah, but that's, that's why a solo, it right? Really but it's, it's great why, though as a it solo. Was that strike. It really mm-hmm. was. So heat, like Psychotron mentioned, heat. I feel the same way. Heat's great, mm-hmm. but man, I couldn't. I didn't feel like it would give the inspiration I was trying to find. Um, let's see. Well, uh, what? <laughs> How, how about Dungeons and Dragons from 2000? I know. Oh, I was great... waiting for you to bring up <laughs> Ooh, the movie that inspired Dungeons. Shut up. Okay. Those movies are hor- that is horrible. The movie is not good. It is aggressively no. bad. But there's one, one bad. redeemable <laughs> thing, and that is Jeremy Irons chewing the Jeremy scenery Irons. for every minute he's ah, on the camera. If you want to have some fun, I know it's but. He's, he, and he does his mightiest damn best to pull that movie across the finish line, but unbeknownst to him, I, I think he knows it's bad, but he hasn't, you know, it's not been edited. He's just in the movie. It's not mm-hmm. been put together. So he doesn't realize that he is taking on a Sisyphean task that is beyond any human actor's ability. So mm-hmm. although he is trying to pull that son of a bitch across the finish line, and he's never going to get there. It's fun to watch him come out with arms high and akimbo and just just this grandiose. <laughs> it's that that alone. Everything else, garbage, <laughs> hot hot garbage. So. Okay, so but I do look forward to the new D and D movie that's supposed to come out in 2023 with Chris Pine starring in it. I hope it'll be better. I am skeptical a good Dungeons and Dragons oh. movie can be made. Wow. Because the, the point is that it's about story creation with the people. Like that's a weird like, that's a weird thing. Like you don't have a movie called screenwriting. You have a movie with a specific plot and storyline yeah. and, and whatnot. So I think that's the, the I mean, do you have people roll dice? Is that gonna be the movie where there's actual people playing the game and you see mm-hmm. dice rolled and you see this weird interaction between the players and their characters, which would of course diffuse the tension? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, Bill, Bill's gonna die, but then like his PC is like, I gotta, I gotta go take a shit. I mean, <laughs> I'll be right back. I, I don't know. We'll see how Chris yeah. Pine handles it. So we'll see. All right, what else is on your list? Do you have any more? 
that was pretty much uh, the the big ones that I had. I, oh well, Lord of the Rings. I didn't put it in there because it's so obvious. obvious. It's so obvious. And sure, by all means, look at it. But the main thing is, the problem is it's already been pounded into all of our heads. It's so mm-hmm. icon. It's just sort of beyond the yeah. learning. You're not going to learn anything because you've been exposed to it against your will through every form of fantasy media for like a hundred years. You know, the man invented orcs, but you know what orcs are, right? Like we're good. But you know what an orc is. Cool. Um, the one thing I would say you could get would be the, the for the scope and the scale. That world is gigantic, and travel and distance matter. And it's kind of weirdly post-apocalyptic. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings like fanboy. I don't know all. I, I can tell really. because you're borderline blaspheming right now. But it feel, it feels like there's lots of open, empty space. It's been most of the movie. Various against groups. Your and will? All You've been hammered. This has been hammered on you against your will. No, oh, you misunderstand. What? I, I don't mean you like misspoke. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy it. I'm saying as if you consume any media of any fantasy nature, it has orcs. World of yeah. Warcraft has orcs. Yeah. He wrote them, so yeah. it's sort of I don't want to say blase. He invented it, but it's just been it's it was so successful that all of his ideas, which were just out of left field in like 1950, are now standard. If oh hey, I have this new game and there's orcs. And elves and demons and wizards, like yeah, that was that's boring as shit. Cause of him, cause he was so good, he was so successful, he just won all of. There's there's almost you know any competing fantasy is almost by definition weird and new and cool. He he is the default. All right. Also, by the way, The Hobbit there and back again, 1932. Lord of the Rings written 1948. Just to clarify. My bad. No, no, I just want to be sure. So right. orcs were made in 1932. Right, that, and yeah. he was that successful. Like, that's... Yeah. He, 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 he is, it's like talking about... Fantasy, the base of fantasy roleplay may as well yeah. link the foundation. But it's hard to talk about, like, sandwiches when you're talking... But without... He's the bread. Like, oh, what do you like on your sandwich? Oh, I like uh, bologna or I like turkey. No one says bread. He, he, which is of course integral to the sandwich. He's bread. We he invented the bread. Bread's involved. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like I don't know how much help you're gonna get because you've already been exposed to his ideas. I do think that the world is this really cool, odd. It's 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 fantasy. So you think young world. You know, there's like elves. It must have been ten thousand years ago, but it's mostly empty. It's kind of this weird post-apocalypse. They're always coming across open expanses and ruins. Very little of it is civilized. And that's in all the movies. In all the movies, they travel across just wastelands of endless have, nothingness. Have you ever been to the Pacific Northwest or the West at all? No. Nothing but open expanses of nothingness. But the ruins are there, too. So that's what got me. It was like, this is a ruin where there was something, yeah. but it's all gone and dead now after mm-hmm. the, you know, the bad guy won <laughs> or some yeah. kind of Thing. I don't know. So, I never really overthought on that one. Um, but you did bring up world building, so I think another good movie that does inspire a lot of good world building, not running a table, because again, it would be a solo play, Dune. The movie Dune had different planets that had different, you know, lots of political intrigue, lots of history connection, and you know, what's gonna, you know, like, this is the spice planet, and this is the banker one, and this is this, and this planet has this, and how they are all interdependent. That's good world building. If you're a GM that wants to build a world, that's, that's like, how extensive they went with that uh, is really good. But not, not to run as a campaign. I think it's a solo run, way too many layers. No, I wouldn't do it. I think world building is one thing we probably could have put more of in our list. 
you know, yeah. we didn't go like, like Lord of the Rings is great for world building. Yep, you're right. I mean, you can go in there, you, you can just look at it and and, and look at the dwarven underground, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, a castle or hold. That's great. Get that imagery, put it in your brain. We didn't have a lot of stuff based on the scenery. I think we were mostly going with like characters and mm-hmm. themes as mm-hmm. opposed to lore. And I think Dune uh, could supply that. I've never seen Dune. I'm aware of it of the like, of the basic plot line and kind of like the world of Dune. So, I, but you've seen it, so I'm backing you up. So yeah, it it was it, it could be that kind of movie to get that sort of inspiration of you know world right. building in the universe. So building. the remake of Dune, there's a remake coming out, an all new upgraded one. I would suggest you watch it. It's coming out later this year, I think in November, October, November. It's going to be on HBO Max streaming. It's uh, released same day as in theaters. The original from the 80s with Kyle MacLachlan and Sting and a lot of other great people. Is good. I enjoy it, but it's like three hours long, and some people just find it too boring. I don't see it as boring. I love the movie. I, I, it's one of my absolute favorite movies. It's great. It's just, it inspires me for world building, not as a player and not as a GM. It just doesn't. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I should see it. I, I've just heard really bad things about the original. Not a lot. I've heard it's yeah, just that's like. That's what I'm saying. Wait and watch the remake. You, you know, you'll appreciate it more. It's better effects, blah, blah, blah. Is that what it was? It wasn't enough effects? Does it come with the free candy? Come on, that guy was like. <laughs> so, uh, it's like trying to say, if you haven't read Dune, the 80s movie is good. If you were to watch that 80s movie now, you would be laughing at the effects. I have watched this with our sound <laughs> editor. Our sound editor is under 20 years of age, and he laughed and went, oh, my God, this looks so bad. This is so cheesy. It was after we watched the movie that he read the book and then became disappointed in the movie because the book was way better. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> but. All right. <laughs> so definitely, yeah, yeah. Don't watch the, watch the new one. And then if you want to go back and watch the 80s one, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. So have we, have we, you think we solved it? Did we nail it? Do you, do you agree Did with your seven yet? I, 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 uh, <laughs> so hurt ag- that you agreed. said uh, uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious 7 is on your list. But then again, I pulled out all these old movies that nobody knows. But I hope to enrich your life by having you at least go and watch one of the movies I mentioned. And let me know what's on your list of movies. And let me know if you watched one of our movies and what you think. Are we wrong? We're, are we stupid? Should we just hang up the whole podcast thing? And we're not gonna, but you can feel free. We're not to gonna, know. but you can tell us. We should. <laughs> we're still gonna blather on, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think we, I think we nailed it. Cool, great. This is this was a good one. This was a good one. We put it in the books. We solved it once again. Uh, Jupiter and Cotton, we've nailed it. And uh, if you think that we should give up podcasting, if you donate, if you become a ultra super tier of our Patreon support, we will take that <laughs> directly to to our our head Actually, bosses. Uh, we, are on the, we are on the Without a Net podcast on Patreon. I think at the $8 tier, you have access to listen to the live recordings as we record and take part in the conversation. Uh, also, at the $8 tier, you get everything below it. And it's access to uh, the Shadowrun stuff, uh, the pre-start, the actual released, uh, the Aliens games that we run at Halloween, the Call of Cthulhu that we ran, and now also the uh, Vampire the Masquerade that we're now running and and are without a fate we're using the fate core system and playing in space as space bounty hunters that is only for patrons i believe i believe a lot of stuff for eight bucks you get a lot of content that's just 
backed up and we're still putting out more. So, I mean, it depends what you what you like. Yeah, it's it's a great value. There you go. <laughs> it's a great value. It's a gift that keeps giving. And uh, there you go. It, it can be a good retroactive Mother's Day gift if you really forgot something. There you go. There you go. There you go. I did my <laughs> chilling for the night. Throw a nickel at me. Okay. <laughs> Let's call it a night. <laughs> <sighs> Bye. Bye, y'all.